This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 240 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, made in America. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Fleeceworks and Thin Line Global. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Helena, it seems like forever since we've been together Dude, I'm back. I know. Well, we're we're both back. I mean, geez, uh, I did the horse husbands episode, and then you bashed us on the horse wives episode. Ah, uh-uh, we didn't bash. We didn't bash. <laughs> there was no bashing. You guys did a good job. You stayed on focus this year. You didn't get off into horse world and then never come back. It only um, took me four. What was this? Our fifth <laughs> annual. <laughs> it took me five years of trying. You know what I think it was? Is Jennifer wasn't on this year, and you and my wife once you get together, it's all horse talk and forget the husbands. You know. Oh so. my god, we definitely take the scenic <laughs> route to a point. We and it's always through the barn. You had some great guests, and uh, I had some good guests over on the horse husbands episode too. So if you missed those, check out the last couple of weeks at stablescoop.com. But we're back today to our regular schedule, and we're catching up with some people, aren't we? We are. We are catching up with some Made in America people. Two women. One was Made in America, but she has been fully immersed in the British culture. That's Liz Halliday. And then, of course, we have Trish from All American Cowgirl Chicks, who's going to come on and give us an update about what she's going on with her group. Amazing group of trick riders. Two old friends back with us. Plus, we have Kat, speaking of old friends, coming back with us. Uh, She is doing this week... Uh, I, I her recipe segment from mm-hmm. Eat Your Tart Outs, and mm-hmm. she had a great one, made me really hungry when I recorded that. Uh, and so she's back. And plus, we have a Tack and Habit uh, segment for you as well. It's been a while. J- Coach Jen from the Horse Tip Daily is going to review a product she got to try. So we're going to be talking about the Dublin Venturer Jodhpur Boots. Uh, Yay! And I so she's going to talk to us about those. She she got a new pair here a couple weeks ago and wants to let everybody know, because they've changed a little since she had bought her previous pair. So... Uh, we'll hear whether she likes them or doesn't, whether they're up or down, all in this week's episode of Stable Scoop. We better get started. We're never going to have time to get through it all. Yeah, we got stuff to do. Oh, plus we have the third part in the leg protection series we're doing with Inline Global, so on horse boots. So we just have a whole bunch of stuff. Well, let's, let's start with Kat from Eat Your Tart Out with her monthly uh, recipe for us here. Recipes that you can do uh, easily in the limited time you have as a horse person. Male or female, because we all know who cooks. Sam. What? <laughs> what do you mean we all know who cooks? What? <gasps> what? And here's oh Kat. Oh, my God. You're getting, <laughs> you're getting slapped. <laughs> well, hi, Kat. Welcome back to the show. 
Hey there. Thanks for having me back. So uh, eat your tart out. We have you on every month bringing us a recipe that would be uh, fairly simple and easy for horse horse people to do, whether the husband cooks or the wife cooks or the boyfriend or girlfriend. And you have one today. I've been looking at the pictures, and it's just making me hungry. <laughs> it's, it's, two, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm thinking about dinner, and you're giving me these pictures? Yeah, it's kind of, it's one of those things, like, even I'm looking at it now, and I made it a little while ago, and I'm just like, oh, I could so go for my juice roast chicken right now, so I can totally understand. <laughs> well, now, everybody makes chicken, okay? And some people, yeah. you know, some people like me, when I'm really lazy, I buy the rotisserie chicken. Right. But uh, this is something that we can do at home, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Right. And I found for a lot of people, like, there's nothing when you're, you know, so busy during the week and you don't have time, those, like, 5 to $6, $7 rotisserie chickens are perfect. They're warm. They fall apart. They're amazing. And there's no substitutes. you got to pull together a quick meal or lunches for the next day. They're awesome. But this was just one of those things where I know a lot of people are trying to cut out, you know, a lot of sodium. They don't want a lot of salt. You're, they're just trying to make it maybe more flavorful, different things like that. And this is just one of those kind of on the fly. If you have time the night before, you kind of throw together kind of the wet rub. You know, rub it on the chicken, you know, put it in the fridge, and then you pull it out, you throw it right in the oven. If you don't have time to do it the night before great you can do it the day of i mean it's such a perfect recipe it's very forgiving which i love about it and i i give the recipe to plenty of people and they can't screw it up which is awesome for people who just <laughs> you know they're afraid they don't have enough time but they're also afraid to you know cook because chicken i think is one of those things that people are so afraid to not cook it long enough right and or overcook recipe, it i mean that's the other thing right. you can do with chicken yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely it's just, it's that fine line. People hate chicken because it's dried out. This is just one of those that has turned out juicy. Every time I've made it, you can throw it in any kind of pan you have. I mean, like I said, it's just a forgiving recipe. That's super, super yummy. All right, so let's go through it. I don't know that we have to go. We'll, we'll post a link to uh, the, to your page. I don't know that we have to go through all of the spices and everything. There's about Hi. 12 different spices here. Um but but the the spices that you're putting together here, paprika and chili powder and onion powder down the list, this would be a little bit savory, this one. Yes, it's definitely more of a savory, but at the same time, you're adding back in some brown sugar. And I think a lot of the recipes that I design are meant to hit kind of all the taste sensations. So it's meant to give you a little bit of every profile. So while you're adding in, essentially what this is, is a base for kind of a barbecue rub. You're kind of getting hints of that, but it's a little bit more savory than that. So you're just kind of combining all the spices together. You're mixing it with a little oil. And this is what I found kind of seals in the flavor. You have a lot of people who around Thanksgiving, you know, their mothers, grandmothers always tell you to kind of like rub butter really good on the chicken and then underneath the skin. Well, that's a lot of calories right there. And some people can't have dairy. So this is just one of those. I take oil, canola if you have it, which I always found has worked really well. Olive oil if you Yeah, we use safflower oil a lot too. Yes, and that's a great one, too, because it's very, that one doesn't have a really strong taste, so it'll work really well, and you just kind of mix it up and rub it into the chicken, and that's it. I mean, it's super easy, and more of what I found with this one is is you kind of, um, you'll throw your oven up to a higher temperature to kind of get that nice, crispy skin, and then after that, you'll kind of bake it to get, you know, the rest of the chicken fully cooked through, and that is what I found that makes it more rotisserie-esque when you don't have a rotisserie at home. Oh, so oh, so the key is here, uh, you, you put it in a pan, any kind of baking pan, and then you don't cover it, right? You leave this right, uncovered, no. and then you cook yep. it at 450, according to the recipe, for 15 minutes, 
And then you lower it to 350 and cook for another hour. Absolutely. And that's interesting because I never would have thought about doing that, partly because my wife would say that I'll forget it at 450 for the whole hour and 15 (laughs) minutes and I'll end up with uh, nothing but skin. Um, Right. (laughs) But if you remember to turn it down, I can see where this would definitely brown the outsides and then keep the juices in, just the same as when you're searing a steak or, you know, burgers Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and that's exactly kind of where I got this idea. And I found, too, that if you don't, like, a lot of times you'll kind of get that soggy, fatty aftertaste that you don't really like. And putting it up to the high temperature renders off a lot of the fat. And if you really just want to make sure your chicken's not, you know, the bottom of your chicken's not roasting in fat, once you kind of heat it up to that 450 degrees and let it cook for that 15 minutes, you can just basically dump out the chicken fat and then let it cook at the 350 if you're afraid and you don't like want the chicken fat, but a lot of people love the fattiness and it makes a really amazing juice afterwards. Gravy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think I need the gravy. I mean, it sounds really disgusting, but it's so good. (laughs) No, it's true. Well, it's picking up all the flavors from all those uh, spices you put in there. Yeah. Getting back to the spices, you know, I never thought about, you called it a wet rub. I've always ever used dry rubs, but I never thought about putting Mm -hmm. the oil right in the rub as opposed to on on the bird first. Yeah, it was just one of those things. I don't remember where I exactly picked it up, but, it, you know, it makes sense. I mean, you can put butter and then you can put your, you know, dry rub over top of it. But for me, I just found the oil kind of seals everything and kind of helps bind the spices together. So they're less likely to kind of like flake off and things like that. And it just seems to work really well. And you don't need a lot of it. That's the beauty of it. Well, this looks like a nice alternative to my standby, which is put the chicken in the crock pot and throw some salsa over top. Right. Um, <laughs> which, which is uh, the quick and easy and fast one. Uh, mm-hmm. But this looks much better, actually. Okay, well, good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> and we can find those recipes at Eat Your Tart Out. It's eatyourtartout.com. I'll put a link to the Just Roast or Juicy Roast Chicken. I'll put a link to that in our show notes as well. well we appreciate you being on. Now I'm going to have to have chicken for dinner. Well, sounds like a plan. Well, thank you, Kat. I'll tell you what, uh, recording those segments with her just makes me hungry. And <laughs> I know. And then going to her Facebook page afterwards because you're always like looking for pictures of what she's got. And that's She needs to stop bad. taking pictures of Wegmans, the grocery store in the Northeast, because it's like the best grocery store in the world. They don't have a Wegmans in Florida? Oh, no. We have crappy grocery stores down here. We shop at Walmart because the grocery stores are so crappy. So... When she takes all these pictures at Wegmans, I just drool. I just, I just mm. oh, it's like the best grocery store ever. <sighs> I keep you guys her took me to there the first that. time. You and Coach oh, Jen. That's right. Yes, the we one in Philadelphia. In, uh, in Philadelphia, I, I walked in and did. It was like a small city of food, of really good food. It's amazing. Their deli is the size of most grocery stores. I mean, oh. and the, the selection and of their the deli. bakery. Oh, oh. oh yes. Oh, my God. Everything you could imagine in their So warm. The croissants were, like, so buttery and flaky and huge. All right, now stop. You're really making me hungry. (laughs) And you're on a diet. You can't be talking about food. That's probably why I'm dreaming. (laughs) It's the only way I can experience these food items. (laughs) Next up is our third part in the leg protection series done by Thin Line Global and Coach Jen of the Horse Tip Daily Show, all about 
uh, leg protection, what types of boots are used, and what situations, and they're finishing up the types of boots today. So if you missed the previous two, the easiest thing to do is go over to Horse Tip Daily. She has them all broken out over there. You can listen to all parts of this leg protection series by Thinline Global. And I wanted to mention that they have a 12% off coupon code for listeners of the Horse Radio Network who are listening to this series. It's 12% off their entire website at thinlineglobal.com. Not just the boots, but their saddle pads and everything else. Wendy from the host of the driving radio show uses their boots. Reese, a host of the dressage radio shows uses their uh, saddle pads so they come recommended by hosts here on the horse radio network you get 12 percent off if you use the coupon code radio at checkout at thin line global hi everybody this is coach jen host of the horse tip daily show here on the horse radio network Thanks for joining us for this third in a four-part series on leg protection for your horse, produced in cooperation with ThinLine Global. In this series, with the expert help of Elaine Lockhead, we will cover all aspects of leg protection. I am joined once again by Elaine Lockhead from ThinLine Global. Good afternoon, Elaine. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, we've been having a great time in this series of segments about leg protection for horses. We talked about who needs it and why, and then we talked a little bit about the different types of boots available and their functions, but that list was so extensive, we are now on part two of leg types of leg protection and their function. So this is segment number three. Folks, if you have not yet listened to number one and two, I would strongly encourage you to do so because it was fascinating. So... What other types of leg protection um, does the modern equestrian have available, and what are they going to do for us? Well, let's start with um, let's start with the simple ones. Let's talk about ankle, uh, otherwise known as fetlock boots. I was going to say horses don't have ankles. Right. Wait a minute. I'm confused already, Elaine. You said this was going to be easy. <laughs> right, but it's the closest thing to an ankle that they have is a fetlock. But most people actually use the word ankle boot um, in the United States. In Europe, they use fetlock, so it's it's kind of a uh, a USA thing. But ankle or fetlock boots are designed for the hind leg of the horse and just to design to protect the part of the leg that begins just above the hoof. So you've got that little bone there, and that's where the horses tend to hit if they travel a little close behind or if they step sideways a little bit. So the ankle boot is designed just for impact protection. It only has product on the inside of the leg, so it's not designed to protect anything except the horse hitting itself. Um, materials is made out of generally are hard plastics or hard rubbers and then lined with something like neoprene gel, um, sheepskin, or thin line. Uh, the next category of boots would be knee boots. You rarely see this boot, mostly because knee boots are very hard to keep on a horse. If anybody's ever tried to bandage a knee, they'll know what I'm talking about. And when you have a horse that's moving to, to try to keep a, a boot on that part of the horse's that's, leg. Yeah, that's a really mobile part of a horse, isn't it? <laughs> it's a very mobile part of the horse. The only people who really use them are barrel racers and reiners. Um, and they use them for, you know, when they're really doing serious spinning or, um, you know, getting around an object. So 
you don't see those boots very often. I have seen those. You're right. The, I've seen pictures of uh, reining horses uh, wearing those in their warm-ups, but I, it never occurred to me that it, they would hit their knees because when they spin, they, they really do it with a lot of enthusiasm. I know. Don't you love that? Love yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. The next category would be um, skid boots, and these are used by reiners. They're used on the hind legs of the horse, and everybody knows the sliding stop. We love to watch the horses do that. And the horses just get down really far where their butts are almost sitting on the ground. And as they're sliding, what's tagging the ground on their back leg? It's the back of the fetlock joint. And these boots really take a pounding. So it's really important that you have a good skid boot if you're going to be taking your horse through sliding stops. And one of the funny things that happened to us is people will come back to us and they'll say, my skid boot is just completely torn up. And I say, well, how's your horse's leg? Well, it's great. But fabulous. That's- <laughs> you, know? you really do need to have that boot. I'm so happy it worked for you. Yeah. Can you imagine what his leg would look like if you hadn't put that boot on? Exactly. And one of the great things about thin line is actually is durability. In our saddle pads, people joke around that you can park your truck on our pad and still use it the next day and it's perfectly fine. <laughs> Don't, we're not recommending that. No, we're not yeah, recommending no. it. No. But, yeah, it's it's great for our customers. Maybe not so great for Thinline because the boots and the all our products tend to last so long. But let's quickly get to the sports medicine boot. That's a big category right there. Oh, it's a huge category, and it's one of the most exciting products for us. And the reason is, <clears throat> excuse me, this boot was designed about twenty years ago by Professionals Choice. And what this, this boot radically changed the boot world. What they designed was a boot that wraps around the horse's leg and then Velcro's closed. The way that the wrap works is the wrap actually goes underneath the fetlock joint and then Velcro's to itself. So it supports the bottom of the fetlock, supports all those digital flexor tendons and all the major tendons in the lower in the lower leg. And then it comes up the horse's leg and supports all the suspensory ligaments and basically supports everything on a horse's leg. In addition to that, it gives you impact protection 360 degrees around the leg. The best boot ever designed, hands down. Now, in the last decade or so, um, pretty much... Hundreds of manufacturers have been redesigning this boot because the original boot was made with very thick neoprene inside. So that had some issues with it because the neoprene does some things we don't want a boot to do. It overheats the horse's leg because neoprene is, of course, made for things like scuba suits. And, you know, it keeps bodies warm. We don't want to overheat our tendons. That's when we get injuries in horses. So neoprene had historically been the only thing used in these boots. And some people have tried to put gels in it and different other materials. But the things that happen to the horse's leg then, in addition to overheating, is you have weight problems. The boots tend to shift and move around and they become too heavy. And then the horses can't move with great confidence. And these horses, we want our horses to be athletes, so we want don't want to hinder them and have them feel as though they're running with a weight on their leg. 
Um, additionally, many products will actually grow fungus in them and grow bacteria in them, which is very hard to get rid of even if you wash it. So that's not good for the horse's skin. And again, cleanliness, most of the products like neoprene tend to get dirt. The arena dirt can actually get into the neoprene because the cells are so large. So for us, this is one of the most exciting boots that we've done because we were able to line the sports medicine boot. We call this boot for in our product line the Cobra boot. It kind of twists around the horse's leg. So we line it with a very thin, thin line that is more protective for impact than triple-layer neoprene. It ventilates so it does not get keep the horses hot. And the nice thing about thin line is it ventilates laterally. So you have to have some neoprene on the outside in order to stick the Velcro. So you have to have a product on the inside that will ventilate along itself so that it comes out the top of the boot and the bottom of the boot. And that's how the heat comes out of out of the Cobra boot. Oh. And one of my persons is that I hate to see these lovely little quarter horses and Arabians and all these fine-boned horses with this great big fat boot on their leg. <laughs> that's the Popeye effect. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So with the thin line in the boot, it's so supple. It just totally molds to the horse's leg. It's so thin that, you know, when you put on a thin line um, sports medicine boot, it looks like it belongs there. It just looks very trim and it looks very clean. And speaking of cleaning, no dirt gets in it. Oh, that's always nice. Yeah, because of the thin line is so dense and dense. Well, it doesn't have the open big cells like the neoprene does, so no dirt can stick to it. So once again, all you have to do is hose them off, or if you want to, you can throw them in the washing machine. And nothing grows in it, so that's a wonderful thing, so our horse's skin can stay healthy. But this boot, I think we're more excited about, or at least me personally, I'm just very excited about this boot, um, because everybody across discipline uses it. This is a boot for function and not for fashion. So while, while... in the hunter-jumper world, people would never go in the ring with a boot like this because there are sort of fashion sessions, and you know, mm-hmm. you'll find it now on people who are schooling the hunters. You'll find it people on, in the dressage arena. You find it on the driving horses. You find it on the event horses and the western pleasure horses and the reining horses. There's not a horse I can't find this boot on. It's hmm. just an amazing product. So help me out here because we've covered a lot of boots in the in these past two segments, number two and number three now. Um, in a brushing and or galloping boot, which is the same name, two different names for the same boot, it covers, quote, the horse's whole leg. Visually, somebody who's really not familiar with uh, horse boots, how does a brushing or galloping boot look different if he's looking at it on the shelf? from a sports medicine type of boot, in this case, a Cobra boot. What looks different about it to somebody just seeing it sitting there on the tack room, tack shop shelf? The sports medicine boot is going to look like it's a neoprene boot with long Velcro closures that wrap around the horse's leg. So 
it's more of a wrapping boot that goes back to the leg wrap kind of <gasps> Ah, okay. So when you look at it, you're going to look at this and go, oh, yes, this is going to function like an old-fashioned exactly. um, leg, wrap. Exactly. leg wrap without the without the driver error part. Correct. The sport right. boot and the brushing boot typically are made to look like leather. They may not be made of leather. Like the Finland boot is not – it looks just like leather, and it wraps around – the horse's leg, and then it has a small Velcro closure, so the Velcro doesn't go all the way around. On the inside of a, of a brushing boot or a splint boot, there will be a hard piece of rubber on the inside of the leg to protect from blunt trauma. <gasps> Aha, so, yes, the strike plate, that's a big difference, yes. The strike plate, right. So okay. the Cobra boot does not have a strike plate on it. The open front jumping boot, basically it has something hard in the back where the horses are most likely to hit themselves. So brushing, galloping, sport boots are going to have some type of strike plate on it. That's a good way for folks out there wandering through the boot section at the tack shop. Um, trying to, because I don't know about you, but when I go to the tack shop, I just like to pick up everything and play with it. The people, the clerks hate me. Um, <laughs> a good way to tell what you're looking at if you're really not familiar with them is the uh, sports medicine boot designed for supporting your horse's tenons and ligaments is not going to have a strike plate that's the hard plastic or padded um part on the inside edge whereas a brushing galloping boot will have that hard piece of strike plate in there that's a good that's a really good pointer i like that and i really love the fact that you they're making the the sports medicine support type of boot a little bit lower profile because it, it it was a little bit clunky for some horses if, if the horse moved close, if it was fine-boned or small. Um, we used it was that restrictive type of... as well. Yeah. You, know, you have something that large. And just imagine what that boot is like when you go through water or you're working in a wet arena. Right. Now, does the thin line Cobra boot have a similar I-don't-absorb-water factor that the other thin line products do? Absolutely. Handy-dandy. There we go. Handy-dandy, yeah. Well, tell our listeners out there where they can find out more about ThinLine uh, online so they can learn more about boots and more about ThinLine technology. If you go to ThinLineGlobal.com and check out our technology pages, you will find pretty much everything you need to know there. Or you can email us off of that website or call us because we're always here to talk to our fellow horse people and answer any questions we can. You guys have a great help department. Thank you again, once again, Elaine. And we have one more, one more installment coming up, folks, so stay tuned. Thank you once again to Elaine Lockhead for sharing your expertise. And thank you to ThinLine Global for helping us put this series together. When you stop by the ThinLine Global website at thinlineglobal.com, be sure to take advantage of the special 12% discount on your order by typing RADIO into the promo code at checkout. Stay tuned for part four of the series, where we'll cover fitting issues, care of your boots, and troubleshooting troubles. Coming up, we have Trish Lynn, who is the founder and coach of the All-American Cowgirl Chicks. Uh, talk about some serious riding. The All-American Cowgirl Chicks are trick-riding rodeo women. And uh, Trish is going to come up, come on and talk to us about what's new. We've had um, Trish on before. Actually, she's been on a couple of times. They were in the 2013 
how do I say it, Glenn? Tournament of Roses Parade. Right. Yes, yes. How many times have they been in that parade? Oh, this is several. Yeah, several times. They keep getting invited back, which is a I really saw them. We waved deal. at them once they rode by. Did they, the did they wave back? No, they didn't wave back. Yeah, no, they didn't. I wave was back. really mad. So, so Trish is one of the founding members of this group, and she's currently the coach. So we're gonna hear from Trish in just a second. And you know what? I'm gonna play a little bit of music before you before we start. The cowgirl chicks have their own song that Trish sang. So you want to hear that first? I would love to. Howdy, everybody. I'm Bob Tallman. Welcome to Fort Worth, Texas. Now, the higher they jump, the better they buck, the better you ride. More money to win. It's rodeo time. Ladies, let's ride. Hey, I'm real I will keep on giving, rolling down the road to the next show. It's a big thing we call the rodeo. They ride bulls and broncs from Fort Worth to Austin. My cowboy friends, yeah, they're awesome. It's where the cowgirl chicks ride for the red, white, and blue. with a kick of rock. Yeah, I've been to Nashville and had my knock, so I came home where I belong, back to Texas where my roots are strong. And I admit, my heart got broke, so I cowgirled up, had my mind made up that I was gonna make it to the real big show. Rodeo. It's the rodeo show, rodeo show. Come on out to the rodeo. You got your wild, wild west. Kick it up, kick dust. Rodeo. 
Well, hi, Trish Lynn. Welcome back to the Stable Scoop Show. Thank you so much for having me back. We've had you on every year now for what seems like forever. Um, (laughs) And it was time to get caught up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we appreciate it so much. Well, tell us what's going on. What's new with the All-American Cowgirl Chicks? You know, we've been on the road. We've been really blessed to to be on the road, and our schedule just gets busier and busier. But uh, we were in Mercedes, Texas, this last five days. It's the PRCA Rodeo. I think it's one of the top five of the year. And uh, Trevor Brazil was there, uh, Fallon Taylor, um, a lot of names, you know, contestants. It's uh, just an awesome opportunity to, to work with rodeo committees. This will be our ninth year that we return there. And uh, it, it's just a blessing. You know, usually after about three years, the committees like to change out and rotate new specialty acts. But it's been a, a wonderful ride, a, a wonderful group to work with, Lancaster Pro Rodeo, stock contracting company was there, Rudy Burns, I don't know if y'all know the greatest clown in the world in the rodeo business, but uh, he's just awesome, so we're just having a blast. Well, I got to tell you, uh, you know, what you said is true with the specialty acts, uh, you know, you'll get one or two years usually at a venue, and then they're going to rotate out into something else, but you guys seem to have more longevity than almost any group I've ever seen. Yeah, you stick around. You know, we try to keep everything different, our show different. Um, And, you know, because the audience does return and we want to make for sure that they don't see the same thing. And if they do, you know, they'll see the same horses. We've still got this, uh, the rescue herd that we've had. It's 80% of our uh, cowgirl chick horses are rescued. Um, The 20% that started the team is the foundation. And, you know, these horses are getting older. I mean, they're, they're still in great shape. But uh, we've got a new breeding program with Mr. Stoker. Uh, he has a beautiful stallion, and uh, we've been breeding our mares to it. And so we're building this herd back up to, to big strength to continue this tradition on. And the trick riding is just phenomenal. We're learning, you know, the really hard stuff that the, the pros used to do. Uh, trick riding is dangerous anyway, but when you get into the Billy King dive and the under the neck and that type of thing, you know, it's it's pretty extensive. And so... Anyway, we're just soaking it up. We're learning everything that we can. Uh, we absolutely love Eat and Breathe, Mr. J.W. Stoker, and uh, we love the rodeo people out there. It's just awesome. Any riding for me is trick riding, Trish. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Walking is trick walking. I end up under the neck way too often. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. So, Trish, well, maybe let me ask you yeah, yeah, it'd be great. I could be the comedy act. It would come easy to you. We just have to put him in bubble wrap. And yes. He'd have to go out there, obviously, with a helmet and a mouth guard and an well, EMT standing by. That would be awesome. I'll take care of you, I promise. <laughs> what do you have coming up? I mean, it's, um. well, first of all, where where is your ranch based, for those who don't the know? Ranch, the Calgary Fit Training Center is here in Waterford, Texas. Um, you know, it's it's close to Stephenville. It's kind of uh, in the middle of everything. We do a lot of rodeos out west. We're going to be going back to California. We're fixing to head back the opposite way to Baker, Florida, here in a couple of weeks. New Hebron, Mississippi. Um, we've done. We've got Deer Lodge, Montana, on the map. Cody, Wyoming, on the map. Um, you know, it's just it, it's great to be able to travel. And I wish we could say that we sightsee. You know, we try to while we're on the road, but usually we're just trying to get there and get those horses unloaded and get prepared, you know, for, for our performance. But we do get to be with a lot of great people. So 
it is exhausting, you know, traveling and driving 16 horses up and down the road, but it's a life of a lifetime. So well, let, um, let me tell you, if you, if, um, take a look at the tour schedule, on the cowgirlchicks.com website. It's crazy the amount of stuff that you guys have going on. I mean, your book's solid from like for the the whole year from April through October. Tell me a little bit about this. I don't know why, maybe because it's cold and windy up here in New England today, but tell me a little bit about the old Spanish trail days rodeo that's coming up in Florida in April. That sounds kind of cool. It is. It, It is a fantastic opportunity for us. Last year was our first year there. And uh, they had a huge crowd, and people came from all over to see the cowgirl chicks just because, you know, we've got our new television show on RFD. Um, we run three times a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it repeats again on Sunday. Um, just an incredible amount of fans that come out. And I, I just amazed every single time of how they're tuned into these horses. They have their favorite horse that they watch. And, you know, we're running five. Sadie started Roman riding about two or three years ago on two. And uh, the branding of J.W. Stoker is White Horses. That is his signature. And so he's he's gotten us on that. And we're actually, we're running three in the Roman riding, where she's running three on top of breath, full speed. She's jumping the three. And then we add two more, and then she runs five abreast. And that's, you know, not driving them. That's five across. So if one stumbles or one tries to tug away, she's in a big old bad wreck. And uh, that's been really our, you know, our focus this year is to really keep those five in line, and then we're fixing to add a sixth one in there. So, uh, you know, these these are the things that you don't see anymore. Mr. Stoker keeps pulling out them films. Okay, you see that? We used to do that, so you need to do that. It's (laughs) like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? Yeah, we can do it. (laughs) Now, Sadie's been on the show before. You said Sadie's doing Mm -hmm. that? She is. Yeah. She's been with you forever, right? She is. She yeah. has been doing this since, you know, she was probably six years old. She's one of my daughters. Yep. And, um, is just an incredible cowgirl. I mean, now, she really... Yeah, because she couldn't put... See, the problem is, she can't put somebody <laughs> that's not related into those very dangerous acts. You can <laughs> only do that with one child. of your own kids. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> hey, hey, now you know my secret. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. It's but you know what? No, there's... Blood. You know your kids' abilities. You know your kids'... You know them inside and out. You know exactly what they're capable of. And you know when they need a kick in the pants and when they need a rub on the back. We've we've talked to Sadie. She's just fearless anyway. So um, He is. Bless her. (laughs) And, you know, Mr. Stoker, he is just, he's 85. He's been to the Rose Parade. You you talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. I want to ask you, how'd it go this year? It went phenomenal. You know, the weather kind of was crummy. That was the only thing that was a drawback for us. But, you know, we're talking about the Rose Bowl Parade. I wanted to uh, clarify that for everybody in Pasadena on on the 1st of January. (laughs) It it is just a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. Uh, I will always be honored and privileged to be a part of something like that. And we've been asked to go back. Oh, yeah. That's another one you don't get asked back unless you're really popular. Yeah, yeah, they're always trying to mix it up and give yeah. everybody opportunities. So when they ask you back, you're that's something. Right, right. We're they keep. Really a- I gotta tell that. you, Trish. They keep asking us to come out. We we high, we have them on every year, and we have the the question coordinator on every year. And every year they say you guys have to come out and and cover the parade. One of these years, we're actually going to get out there to see you out there. I hope you do. It, it will be something that you will just be amazed. I mean, people are everywhere. Horses are everywhere. Um, you know, they only have a limited of equestrian, you know, applications. 
And so you might have 15 teams that go out there, but it's a beautiful part of the parade. Um, the floats are just absolutely phenomenal. So it's definitely something you don't want to miss. I would put that on your calendar this year. I'm going to make for sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, does it really smell as good as it looks? It really does. It really does. <laughs> I, I, are you talking about the, the flowers? flowers yeah, with about? all the floats. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do they, what do they do, make fried dough or something? <laughs> no, the flowers are phenomenal. I mean, the floats, I, to me, uh, they just keep getting better and better. And, uh, you know, RFE TV has a lot of hands. Um, and it, it, they're just phenomenal with well, the they, ideas. They did the Roy did. Rogers float. Was it this year that they did they that? Did. That was last, last year. year. They okay. actually celebrated Roy Rogers' 100th birthday, and they had 100 Palomino, right. you yeah. know, riding around that float. And the float was so detailed with Roy Rogers' uh, face and Dale Evans' face. It was incredible. So it was wonderful. Now tell us about your TV show. My, uh, our TV show is the All-American Cowgirl Chick Never Quit Show. And basically what it is, it's a reality show. Um, you know, rodeo is real reality. There, there's no setup. There's no script. There's, you know, it is a constant sizzle reel because you're dealing with live animals. But what we've done is we've taken it behind the scenes and we highlight the greats in the rodeo business that have paved the way, like J.W. Stoker, Charlie Throckmorton, Bob Tallman, uh, you know, all these great people that have absolutely dedicated their life to the sport of rodeo. And in my book, it's, it's one of the toughest sports. It is the toughest sport of life. Um, we get to witness some incredible rides every weekend. And uh, it's just, you know, this group of people are uh, phenomenal. I mean, they're, they're genuine, they're, they're hardworking, and uh, it's just what I call family. So. Now, is the show about you guys and following you guys to all of these rodeos? Uh, it is. is it about the romance and the drama, or do they try and keep some of that? Or, or it, it's not like uh, some reality TV, I'm assuming. No, you, you know, I mean, it, it's basically the grit, the guts that it takes to to mount on. You know, the what you draw for the contestants. You know, it might be. You, you can't wait to draw that great bucking horse, and then when you draw him, you get sick of your stomach, and you think, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to ride this thing. So it's just getting the real <laughs> reality. <laughs> yeah, you know, behind the scenes, and, you know, you might not have done very well that weekend, and then you're traveling, you know, hooking in with convoying with someone else to make it to the next one, and you're out on the money, and um, it's just the real life of rodeo people. It, it's um, the, just the wreck you know, that happened during our training sessions that people don't understand, that's reality. I mean, what we do might look glamorous, you know, at a performance, but it's really a lot of hard work. So um, we just, you know, we love to highlight the great people in the rodeo business that keep the sport alive. Well, and you can see, we don't, you know, I have lived in two of the horse capitals of this country. We lived in Lexington, as you know, I've met you there. And now we live in Ocala, Florida, the second horse capital of this country. And do you want to know both places don't have RFT? <laughs> so, Are you kidding? I can't get it. Nope. Well, I can I've... fix that. We can <laughs> get that for you. <laughs> I wish you would. We have never yeah, had absolutely. it. <laughs> well, let me know. You, you let me know what areas those are, and we'll, we'll fix that. We'll make for sure that you guys can get it. Yeah, because I, and now is there any place for people like me who can't get it? Is there, can you watch RFD online? Is there you can? Yeah, is you absolutely can. That that's the wonderful thing about it is that you can go to RFD TV and you can view the clips or the TV shows that you missed if you don't get it in your home. Okay. 
Good. So, Good. <laughs> but, you know, RSD, I have to give compliments to them where credit is due because they are such an incredible network that go behind the scenes. And now they have rural news, which goes in, you know, with the FSA or in the ranchers and the farmers to keep people aware, you know, of, of the droughts and the type of situations you can handle now. Um, you know, it's for the rural way of life, and, and God bless them. I mean, they're just working hard and just keep getting better and better and educating people all over the world and what a great lifestyle this is to live. Very good. And, of course, uh, I played a song leading into Trish, one of hers, and she has many more. We play her music on Horses in the Morning. Uh, she also sings in addition to everything else that she does. But uh, it's it's uh, now the website, if I remember correctly, is cowgirlchicks.com, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Very good. Cowgirlchicks.com. Find Trish Lynn and all the gang over there and check out their schedule and go see them if they're coming anywhere near you soon. Well, right after this word from Fleeceworks, we're going to go right to our next guest. We have a race car driver and eventer and regular here on Stable Scoop, Liz Halliday, all the way from Europe. She just started her eventing season over there, and I don't know what she's up to in the race car. So we're going to find out about that. We check in with her once a year to see how she's doing. And uh, I think she's just every little girl's hero. Everything that she does, you know, driving race cars really fast, riding eventers really fast. You know, she's just every everybody's little uh, hero. So we're going to talk to Liz Halliday. Fleeceworks manufactures pure Australian merino sheepskin and merino wool saddle pads and accessories. Their pads produce a vital thermal balancing layer to pull excess moisture and heat away from the horse's back, allowing muscles to work at maximum capacity without overheating. Fleeceworks Australian merino wool is breathable and hydrophilic, able to hold and store 35% of its own weight in liquid. A longtime staple of the medical field, Australian merino fibers have no equal when it comes to delivering a temperature-controlled, pressure-absorbing layer. The Fleeceworks philosophy, minimum bulk, maximum performance, and they have a variety of anatomically correct pads incorporating technologies and designs that address the individual needs of every horse and rider. Ask for Fleeceworks saddle pads and accessories by name at your local tack and feed store or visit them online at fleeceworks.com. Well, hi, Liz. Welcome back to the Stable Scoop Show. It's good to talk to you again. Great to be on. Thanks for having me. Well, I know once we start talking about horses, you and Helene are going to be off and running, and, and we're not going to get, <laughs> we're not going to get back to race car driving. So, being the guy in the in the conversation here, I'm going to ask you about uh, your race car driving first. Are you uh, still doing it, and are you going to be heading out this year? Well, I did a championship called the Lotus Cup UK Championship last year, and uh, we had some teething problems with the car. The car was when it ran well; it ran really well, and I was winning races, but. Uh, you know, we did have some trouble with it, so we started to iron out the gremlins at the end of last year. So I thought, oh, let's give it one more punt this year. So um, I've just gotten out in the car uh, this last past Friday. Um, we had a couple little ECU issues, but once we got it running, it was pretty good, despite the uh, horrendous conditions with wind and rain, and it was cold and pretty miserable to be in an open open top car in that. But um, Ooh, yeah. yeah, and then I'm back out at Silverstone on Friday this week, and then my first race is the first week of April. So, yeah, coming up fast. So, actually, your eventing season and your racing season coincide? 
Yeah, they're exactly the same, pretty much, oh. <laughs> which is a bit crazy. <laughs> and my, my actual first racing weekend is a bit mental because I'll be testing the car at the racetrack on the Friday. Then I have five horses running at the South of England Horse Trials on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I've, I've got to race the car. So <laughs> um, I've got a bit of a brain swap over and a, a horsepower <laughs> weekend, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find yourself trying to push the accelerator when you're in, on the horse? <laughs> <laughs> thankfully no I occasionally have a little bit of a equipment check and start thinking like where are my spurs and my weapon and then I think no, that's the wrong sport <laughs> but, um, but yeah no I, I do try very hard to just swap my head over between the two because I think one gets in the way of the other otherwise and um, I did struggle last year when I did the event in between the two days so I think now that I've done that once I think I'll be able to switch my head over better if that makes sense now I know it was hard I'm we, just going to separate myself a bit more. <laughs> we should remind everybody who who hasn't heard you on the show before that you are a Formula One driver, right? No, no. I raced uh, sports cars. Oh, so sports I've cars. I've done, okay. done the Le Mans 24 hours and that sort of thing and Sebring 12 hours and well, won the Sebring 12 hours many years ago. Um, but yeah, so mainly it was all endurance racing was my thing and big fast sports cars and similar G-forces to F1 cars. But uh, we have closed wheels. Uh, so, yeah. like, what on earth would make you want to get into eventing? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was kind of my thing, I guess. I always wanted to ride as a, as a kid. Certainly wasn't my parents doing. They just kind of went along for the ride, which I guess I can thank them That's for. That's what most it. parents do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. So I think so, they're uh, sort of looking back on it now going, wow, why did we let her get in the boat? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what do you have in your barn these days? And, and what are you what are you up to? What do your goals look like for 2013 and eventing? Oh, I've got, I've got big, big goals for the future, as always. Um, I've got some really nice horses right now. Actually, I'm very, very lucky. Uh, I've got my two best horses, which uh, I've got a horse called HHS Cooley, but I probably had a year ago. I've had him nearly two years. Um, and he's gone up to two-star now. He did his first CCI in Portugal a couple of weeks ago and um, was 11th there. And he's a really cool horse. And I've got a very special one called Fernhill by Night that I've only been riding since last September. And he won the one star in Portugal the first weekend and should have won the two star, but I had to withdraw due to a silly boot rub on a Sunday, which was pretty gutting. But he's back in action and I'm going to Ireland with him to try and win that and the two star and get ourselves up and running. And I think those two could hopefully be potential horses for bigger things like Rio. But, um, you know, there's a lot of luck that goes behind that and preparation and soundness and all those things. But I hope they're going to be, be my special ones now. And, uh, and some of the old regulars are still here. My old boy, Red Letter Day, is still ticking along at 16, and he does a few little fun things here and there, and we just try and keep him sound and happy. And um, I've got a couple of nice young horses. One that uh, did his first event of the year on Saturday in hail, gale force rain, or gale force wind, rain, thunder and lightning, and mud, and managed to win on a score of 23. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Wow. So, um, yeah, I was very wow. impressed. <laughs> I was we, like, wow. Just, <laughs> oh, my goodness. He just slogged his way through the mud fastest time of the day. He didn't really care at all. So, um, so he's a special one for the future, I think, as well. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about 2013. I've had two wins out of three events, so it's not been too disastrous so far. Huh. Now, do you race? Do you race cars when it's bad weather, or is it like stock NASCAR over here where they just call it? Uh, oh no, we go with everything except for heavy fog or heavy snow. We run in everything. 
But, uh, that's kind I of was thinking that you at least had one sport where you didn't have to do the crappy weather, but you got two sports <laughs> where you have to do the crappy weather. But, but wait, but yeah. you said so. But you said recently you had to you had to drive in in the crappy weather. There, there was no top. Are all the cars you drive topless? <laughs> uh, no, just this. <laughs> no, just this particular one is, and and a lot of the sports cars I drove, the really fast sports cars in the past that I drove quite often didn't have a roof, but. This particular car is called a Lotus 211, and they just naturally don't don't have a roof on them. It's part of their design, so which is great when it's a hot day, but um, not so nice when it's freezing and raining. So uh, yeah, I had two lovely days: a Friday of driving in the wet, and a Saturday of riding in it. It was really pleasant. <laughs> we love England this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, yeah, the America's not much better, really. I mean, well, yeah, I suppose, like in yeah, Florida? I is it warm and sunny? It's beautiful and sunny in Florida. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I keep hearing that from friends of mine that are over there. Don't want to hear about that. We don't want to hear any more about it. <laughs> well, you know, Clayton Fredericks, one of your compadres there in England, came, came here and uh, settled into Florida. See? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I've heard. And, and Joe Meyer is there. He was my trainer for seven years. I was based with him for years over here, and he's there now. Well, Joe so, Meyer uh, and Clayton were over at my house last week, actually. Uh, were here, they? Here in Ocala. Oh, yep. right. Yep, yep. Oh, wow. Gosh. So they're both Talk about a bunch of accents. Uh, definitely. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wide mixture. Yeah. I didn't no, know I you knew Joe. With, uh, Joe. Oh. oh, gosh, yeah. I was literally based with Joe for seven years. Oh, yeah, I'm, yep, I'm going to be talking to him years. next week. I'll have to bring it up. Oh yeah, no, dude. I can get the I, I can get the real story on Liz Halliday, the oh, stuff no. that's not yeah. in the press releases. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's been there through a lot, that's for sure. He uh, he helped me out a lot, actually. He really brought me on and was there helping me at my first three star. And you know, he's he's we've been friends for a long time, so um, miss having lessons with him. But um, I'm going to come over in the summer to Florida, possibly, so maybe I'll see them then. Uh, now you're still riding out of Chaley Stud, is that right? Chaley Stud, yep, that's correct. Chaley Stud, yeah. right? That's a gorgeous facility. That I mean, do you, oh, do you feel you. like are you are you loving it? Is it yours, or are you are you simply riding out of there? No, no we're very lucky to own it, which is really cool. Um, we've been here two years now, just over two years, I suppose, and um, just been working like crazy trying to renovate it because it was pretty rough around the edges when we first got it. It was a lot rough around the edges. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I'm currently walking around our lovely outdoor school in the sunshine and, you know, every once in a while you have to sit back and think, gosh, we're really lucky to be here and to have that nice big indoor when it's pouring with rain. <laughs> so, yes. So we're very lucky. It's a nice, bright indoor. And, and then I was looking at photos of your uh, the cross-country course. That has to be a lot of fun to build, huh? It's cool, yeah. We got the Willis Brothers who build uh, the Babington Horse Trials, actually. did it, quite a few of the jumps for us. And um, there was sort of this massive, horrible, gorse-covered bank in the middle of the field. And I thought, well, why do we have that there? We might as well make it into a bank we can use. So that's where the big bank complex came from. It was kind of there already. Then the Willis brothers just built the steps around it, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. we had sort of an old, horrible lake that wasn't doing anything. And that's now a little water jump. And, yeah, so we kind of had some fun with it. And um, it is difficult because it, it is our only turnout as well, is where the cross-country is. So we've got to be careful about what ground we use it in. So we just tear up our fields. But um, but when you're in a hurry and you just want to have a quick tune-up, it's perfect to have it at home. It really is helpful. Right, right. Huh. Yeah, I was just watching the video on your on your homepage, by the way. It's chaley-stud.co.uk. Uh, terrific video, yep. and, and and every time I see the lorries over there, which is something we don't have quite like you do, the horse the horse vans. Um, yeah, I'm always jealous because they look so so neat. 
Yeah, they are cool. And I was thinking that if I come back to the States one day, I'm really going to miss that because it is, it's a lot of fun to just live out of your lorry at an event and everybody's kind of in there together. And it's a lot of fun. It really is. And it's easy. It really is easy. And you just yeah. roll out of bed in the morning and go and get on your horse. And there's not sort of driving there from the hotel or any of that stuff that I always did in America. It is very nice. And I'm lucky to have a you know quite a nice lorry. So that's very useful. Yeah, over here you're going to have a pickup truck and a, a trailer. That's <laughs> exactly, which is what I grew up with, I guess. So we'll be getting back to that one day, I'm sure. <laughs> well, we wish you all the best of luck this year in both sports. We'll be uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you, and we'll definitely um, we'll definitely report on it. Great, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully it'll uh, it'll go well. It's Chaley, C-H-A-I-L-E-Y-Stud.co.uk. Thanks, Liz Holiday. Well, right now, it's time for our Tack and Habit segment is back. This Tack and Habit segment was sponsored by Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. That's a style guide for fox hunters, fox hunting fans, equestrians, and just about anybody else who wants to follow along. Our style gurus have hunted, shopped, hunted some more, fallen off, gotten back on, made it through hunt ball after hunt ball, dinners, teas, and ditches. If you're a fan of horses or fashion, join us on Facebook where we post our recommendations for everything from what to wear to a hunt tee to finding just the right breastplate for your, let's just say, big-boned field hunter. That's Chasing a Fox. Find us on Facebook. Do you cover flasks to the size flask you need for the different outfits? Everything. (laughs) Everything, appointments, what to wear during what season, you name it, we cover it. Do you got men too, or is it just women? Men too. Oh, well, because I need all the help I can get. That's what we're here for. (laughs) Didn't you know that you were partially the reason that we started chasing the fox? I bet. (laughs) Yeah, we have, we actually have one of our. One of what we call our style libraries, one of our style libraries is called Dapper, and it's for the gentlemen in our lives. Oh, so it's, I can't wear jeans and a T-shirt? Yeah, no. No. Okay. <laughs> no. We're all about being overdressed. We're trying to bring back, remember like the 50s and the, you know, the 40s the and the 50s? Abbey type. Even the Down Abbey type, yeah. when people actually dressed for living. <laughs> We're over the sweatpants. I don't wear sweatpants. I do wear jeans 99.9% of the time. Jeans are just like the denim version of sweatpants, jeans and sneakers. (laughs) And there's a place for that because I can't live without my denim. I really can't. But I think we're moving into a new age of wanting to just get dressed up. I think that's true. I think, and I think shows like Downton Abbey has, have helped that. They're actually doing a plantation field this year, which is a three-day event in Pennsylvania. It happens in September. They're doing a Downton Abbey-themed event. Uh, it's hugely popular. Yeah. They're having the tents are all going to be decorated in the old furniture and everything. The party that night, they're encouraging everybody to come in the costume of the era. Um, and they're doing all of these Downton Abbey type things, which is the first time I've ever seen an event, at a, a, you know, a three day event take on a theme. Yeah. So, it's cool, though, isn't it? How much fun well, would that be? It is. It's, it's style. And, and, you know, there's the equestrian lifestyle, but within that, there are, you know, people have. It, it's such an emotional 
uh, I don't even call it a hobby. The sport's emotional. The hobby's emotional. The lifestyle is emotional, exciting. It's fun. And I think people are starting to really inject some more personality and individuality into, you know, the way they go about their horse business. So I think this is like awesome. I'm, you know, me, who's more excited than I me? <laughs> I would love to get dressed up in the, in the fancy suits. And, and you do? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Well, I used to dress up all the time when I was in a, when I had a real job. Yeah, um, I have to wear a tie every day. I can't tell you if I can even tie a tie anymore. It's been that long. I, I'll have to say that um, as part of you know, as we go through and we fill up the style libraries for Chasing a Fox, I love looking through the men's wear, going through the men's designers and stuff. And um, I found a fabulous menswear designer named Michael Bastion, who he's he's. Kind of flies under the radar, man. But I, I, he can dress any man, any shape, any from any background, with a beard or without a beard, Glenn, <laughs> and make him look fabulous. You should check him out, Michael Bastion. Michael Bastion. All right, yeah. very good. Well, that's not our review. Our review is for the Dublin Venture Jodper Boots, and helping us out with that is Coach Jen of the Horse Tip Daily Show. So, Jennifer, you got a pair of the Dublin Venture Jodper Boots a couple of weeks ago. And had you owned these before? I did. Uh, a number of years ago, I had a pair of Venturer Pallons, and I loved them dearly and wore them out. But this this little review is going to be called, How Much Does It Cost to Pie a Pair of Boots That Don't Squeak? We have had a heck <laughs> We of hate a squeaky tr- boots. I know. And you know, there's one brand in particular that has every boot I've bought from them, and every boot Jennifer's bought from them in the last, what, five years, has it squeaks when you walk. Um, it starts with an A, but we can probably figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> and I've told them that their boots squeak, and they don't seem to care that their boots squeak, and they seem to think it's just in our heads. But everybody around you notices when you walk in and your boots are squeaking. Just yeah. something. <laughs> All right. So anyway, you got a pair of these Dublin Venture, which are yes. the Jodper boots. So they have the little tabs on the front and back to pull them on, and they're leather, right? right? They are a leather boot, and they are, quote, waterproof, although they're not going to be the same waterproof as a pair of wellies. Um, and they look a little bit like a Blundstone. They're that, that style where they look a little bit wider through the toe, and they have the little tabbies and the elastic on the side. But they're made for riding in, so they have the reasonably smooth sole and the little heel and stuff like that. Um, I love them because I've had them before, and I know they're comfy. And, yes, they are still comfy. And they're nice looking because everybody kind of likes the way those blennies look. They're casual and, you know, outback styling. And the leather makes them breathable versus the pleather, which is really not so much. And squeaky. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And they don't squeak. Now, this also has the side elastics, right? So it makes it easier to get them on and off. Because I always have that problem put, trying to put these kind of boots on the pull. Yes, they, the elastic sides. It's, it's a traditional what they used to call a jodper boot in the day. Now that, that line's kind of blurred a little bit. But no zippers, no laces, no nothing. Easy on, easy off. And I have rather a high instep, but they still fit and they're still very comfortable. So that was not an issue. Um, the bad side is that the insole compared to a higher-priced boot might not be as squishy in that there is an insole in it and it has a proper rubber sole to it, but it's not squishy and and super-duper. So if you're one of those people who really likes a nice insole, you'll want to buy a $12 set of fancy-schmancy insoles from Dr. Scholl's for your double adventurers. Um, But I find them perfectly You can get those at, like, CVS, right? 
Oh yeah, any any store that has right, a shoelace section. Um, okay. What I would suggest is get the Double Adventurer for seventy nine ninety five or less. Uh, most tax shops sell it for seventy four ninety five, and get yourself a pair of insoles. They're a little bit squarer in the toe than a zip front or lace that you would see from most companies. So if you have a wide or square foot, you'll like the the. What do they call that? Toe box? Lots of room for the toes. Oh, I love a big toe box. Yes, it's a nice toe box on them. Um, if you like the, let me think about this. It's, can't remember the name of it. But anyway, the square toed styling you're going to like. Um, I got the size nine and it is a perfect fit, which is supposed to be a European size 40, I believe. Um, and I, I love them to death. Now the downside, as I said, they're the old insoles, not as squishy and I find them perfectly comfortable. But if you like that sneaker feel, you'll throw a pair of insoles in there. Uh, there are no matchy matchy chaps to go with them. So if you're one of those people that has to have matchy matchy in your half chaps, not going to find those because they're, uh, what do they call it? It's not, is it, it's not waxed leather that this it's, it's, it looks kind of like suede. New buck leather is what it's new called. Buck. Yep. Yeah, That's new buck leather. So you know what you can do? You can get a pair of full chaps. There you go. I want to bring full chaps back. I think you should. <laughs> I'm on a mission to bring back full chaps. There, there you, you go. go. And so <laughs> if you're really interested in matchy matchy and staying in the saddle, there you look go. up some, you know, find something that can, you know, because you can mix and match full That's chaps right. with these. And boots. these look fantastic with jeans. So, right. So would you say they compare in quality to those other boots that we're not talking about that start with an A? Yes. Okay. When you're buy when you're buying a lower price point booth boot in the ninety nine to one hundred and twenty five dollar range, from the company that you see in every ting- single tax shop in America, these are just as nice. And they're only seventy three ninety five to get them on Equestrian Collections, one of our sponsors. Yeah. So. Um. And and the worst part about them is they're hard to find. <laughs> what? There's a lot of, well, there's a lot of online stores that carry them, but not a lot of tax shops that carry them. So okay. you want to check it out. Uh, as I said, yeah. the question collections have them, and they come in black and brown, right? Black and brown. I got the black. I've had the brown before. Uh, if I could afford to have two pairs at the same time. So my birthday is coming, Glenn. I'll take a pair of brown ones, too. Okay. <laughs> because they're a great, all-around, affordable, comfortable boot. You don't have to break the bank, and they're real leather. You don't have to, you don't have to settle for less than leather just to spend less than $100. They come in 7.5 to 10 in, in women's sizes. Yeah. Seven and a half to ten. It's time for me to get a new pair of patties. I guess I'm going to have to get a new pair of full chaps to go with them then. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> See, you, right. you can. I'll you budget can. accordingly. That's right. You, you can. Well, you know, it's for seventy three bucks. Then you can afford a pair of uh, full exactly. chaps. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a great price. Yep. Very good. Well, thank you, Jennifer. And of course, Jennifer is the host of uh, Horse Tip Daily over at horsetipdaily.com. You can hear all of her short daily shows with all kinds of good tips over there every day. Wow, what a show. We've had a, we've had a lot of guests and segments on today's show. We have. It's been busy. We came back. We like we come out of the gate. That's right. Ready to go. We're in the start box. And like, all these people backed up and <laughs> to, let's to go. get them on the show. Gonna get them on. And next week, Helena, we start a new week, monthly segment with Elite Equestrian Magazine is going to join us once a month uh, with uh, neat stories that they have going on over there. And uh, they're going to bring on guests occasionally to, uh, that they've had in their magazine. And it's a beautiful magazine. I just got the first copy uh, the other day. And so they're going to be joining us once a month as well as one of our regular segments. That's yummy. 
Well, that's it for this week, Helena. Don't forget, you can hear all of the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. I wanted to mention the Wheel of Trivia play on Horses in the Morning at 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. You can call in and win. All you have to do is answer a trivia question, and we spin a wheel, and you can win prizes. And if if, uh, your daughter is ever home on Wednesday mornings, kids can call in and play, too. Ooh. <clears throat> We've had a nine-year-old and an eleven-year-old both called in and won. Well, then, see now you need a ten-year-old. That's right. So if she's <laughs> ever home on a Wednesday morning off of school, you have her give us a call, and we'll uh, she can play. All right. She's not doesn't have the exempt rule that you do. Uh, she so. doesn't have the oh oh really yeah good. So. <laughs> Should be happy about that. And you know, there's good stuff. I mean, this week, this week we have Troxel helmets. We have coats that are worth hundreds of dollars. We actually have almost five hundred dollars worth of prizes on the wheel right now. So uh, definitely give us a call. And the other thing we started uh, today is something called Tune Tuesday, where we used to do recorded shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but now I'm playing DJ. I'm getting my DJ on. And we're playing music on Tuesdays, uh, all music from equestrians, equestrian artists. Uh, so that's what we're doing on Tuesdays. At, uh, we play about 10, 12 songs on the show on Horses in the Morning. So that's been fun, too. I've had a good time doing that. Oh. Give out your website again. Give out the website. Actually, find us on Facebook. That's where okay. we're having the Facebook. most fun. Go to Facebook.com and just do a search for Chasing a Fox. We are chasing a fox in a little black dress. But uh, pretty much we're the only chasing a fox that's up there. Very good. See you next week, Helena. Yeah, well, no, you really won't see me. You'll hear me <laughs> gabbing away. But we'll, until next week. <laughs> Happy scooping, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>